Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Taylor, how's it going? It is going great, Josh. How are you? Doing well. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the love of our topic today. I can, I can feel that love. <laughs> with uh, our topic, which is feel the group hug. So we talked a little bit about this before around feeling the group hug, but we really just wanted to go deeper into this topic. Uh, so tell us, what is the group hug? Yeah, that's a good, it's probably a good thing to educate our listeners on what we're talking about. So the group <laughs> hug. Now, Basically, we came up with this term a long time ago at our organizations. Obviously, it's not like we invented it or anything like that. But when we tell our client, when we tell our salespeople that we want their clients to feel the group hug, we want them to feel the depth of our organization and the depth of our subject matter expertise, so that they feel that they are not talking to a single point of contact, and they're just and that's their point of contact for everything. So, to be clear, when I say feel the group hug, Josh, I'm talking about let the client feel the depth of the subject matter expertise that your organization has so that they don't feel that they're just talking to a one-man shop. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because even, you know, even from a sales, a service perspective, this comes into play all, all types of ways. Like I know I have a, a quick share where from a service perspective, we had a client and we tried to go out and get a case study from them. This is from my past company. So this is years ago, but we wanted to get a case study and we actually had a hard time because when we talked to the client, they had, they had a consultant from our mm-hmm. company that was leading their project. And they mainly interfaced with that consultant. Now, the consultant was turning around and working with multiple team members to deliver on what they had purchased. But they only knew that one person. Right. So what happened was, is they're like, oh, well, that person's done a really good job. I don't know about giving, you know, a case study talking about what the company did. Mm-hmm. Their perception was that there was this one person that was this rock star that did everything. Yep. And that just wasn't the case. Mm. And that was where we really failed as an organization to give them the group hug. You know, there wasn't, there weren't other people involved from a visibility perspective to that client to where they saw us as more than that one consultant that they had. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, look, a salesperson, depending on the character of the salesperson, is always going to want to be the, the front man or woman for everything, the single point of contact for everything. There is value there. Don't get me wrong. And perhaps early on, it is important to make, to make the engagement easy. Okay. So I'm not saying that you need to call, cold call somebody with 25 people on the phone or anything <laughs> like that. What I am saying is as you get further along, the importance of leaving the client with the impression that it's more than a one-man shop is absolutely huge. And what I will also tell you, Josh, is down the line a little bit, you will thank yourself if you introduce loads of folks that have got, you know, really, you know, relevant, applicable reasons to talk to the client because I can promise you the last thing you want as a salesperson is to become an escalation point in something during operations and something during delivery and something during transition. Being involved in a lot of that is absolutely good. Being the quarterback, in the relationship, uh, you know, a guru for that account is really good. But don't miss an opportunity to validate yourself as a large, you know, robust organization by introducing key stakeholders in, in early, as early and as reasonable as possible. Yeah. So let's talk about how we do that in the sales cycle. So, mm. you know, there's different stages of 
you know, you're in the sales cycle. How do you introduce people after the sales cycle? You know, there's pass off and other things where it's just more natural to introduce a support person or a delivery team person, whatever it might be. But during the sales cycle, you have a couple of options. One is if you have a salesperson, they can, you know, get a certain amount through the, the sales cycle and bring on a president or a head of sales, mm -hmm. right? And introduce them onto the call and say, hey, we just want to let you know, you know, we value we value you and we value this interaction and we wanted you to meet our CEO and they're going to step on the call for about 15 minutes just to introduce themselves. Yep. That's one way to do it. What are some other ways to make them feel the group hug early on? Well, I, one thing that I always come back to is, you know, as a salesperson, what is your job? Well, your job is to create opportunity, find opportunity, close opportunity, Right. That's our job as salespeople. And, and some, some folks get a little bit, uh, you know, I want to do it all. I, I want to I do it all. And then all of a sudden they're working 20 hours a week and their work-life integration has gone to hell. So it's important to always remember like why we're talking about this. Salespeople have got a certain job. Others have a different job. The one that comes to mind the most is when the opportunity is finally discovered, it is going to typically involve a specific subject matter expert to come here and continue to validate your organization as a contender for that project or service or product or program or what have you. So er, finding, bringing somebody on that's a subject matter expert, that's got a specific niche, whether it's in, in tech, we call it a solution architect, uh, you know, and in architecture, you know, it, it's some sort of, uh, you know, civil engineer, potentially, whatever it is, it's one of those where early as possible, as soon as you find the opportunity, and you want to bring in a subject matter expert, that's going to that's gonna show the client, the prospect, or whoever that you've got what it takes to take this conversation a little bit further. So in my mind, Josh, that's the first time that you introduce somebody else prior to your, uh, other than yourself, is when the opportunity starts to take form. Yeah. And a couple of other ideas pop into my mind while thinking about this, because you're early in the sales cycle and everybody has a different different type of sell that they're doing. So if you're, let's say an IT company and you have to do solutioning, then you have to bring in that solutions expert, right? So it's a natural fit, but let's say that you have a productized solution. Uh, how do you start to introduce other people? Well, in, in a larger organization, you would get that sales engineer, maybe mm -hmm. that you're doing a demo of it on. Um, and you can, you can almost offset that by having, instead of just a sales engineer, you can have somebody else that gets introduced. That yeah. goes you're part of that. So it shows you have a more robust team and that person brings a different depth of knowledge. So they can come on, maybe that's that, that expert or SME subject yep. matter expert to do a portion of the demo instead of the salesperson always doing it. So yep. that way they see two people. Um, another one that pops into mind is engaging marketing. So if you're hmm. in the sales cycle and you have an upcoming webinar, you know, that's a chance for the sales rep to say, Hey, we have an upcoming webinar wanted to invite you to this, but that webinar is delivered by somebody else. So they see that you are a larger team yeah. and yep. the person in marketing can say, Hey, you know, thanks for, you know, thanks for being on their webinar. Let me know if you have any questions, you know, Josh or Taylor is still your primary contact, but we want to let you know that we're here, you know, to help with anything. So that goes into giving them more of the team experience yep. and not just appearing to be that one lone sales rep contact that they deal with. The word team that you use right there is exactly right. I, I can't think of a client in the world that doesn't like the word your dedicated team. 
I, I can't think of a client in the world that would say, oh, I don't want a dedicated team. I just want one person, you know? No, they don't. I can, I can assure you that the client's got a team <laughs> and they've got a team that's going to obviously do, you know, procurement efforts and delivery efforts and service delivery efforts and what have you. So th- that's the, that's my favorite part about this. Clients are smart enough to recognize a salesperson. Okay. Clients understand what their job is. You know, some obviously have got, you know, preconceived notions about sales folks in general, but that there's nothing you can do about that. That's why you have to have passion when you sell, like our previous episode that we talked. But when you start getting into, all right, you're going to introduce me to somebody. Great. Thank you. I'm going to also introduce you to somebody. The chances of your prospect also bringing in other folks are just about 100%, right? In the middle of this thing, you know, whatever job they're in, in charge of, you need to be able to match like for like to make sure that the language that they're speaking, for instance, transition, project management, program management, you know, product development, you have got to match on your side to make sure that you're staying the course in the pre-sales cycle and, and keeping the conversation extremely relevant. The last thing you can afford to do here is to have some very heavy solution architect or, you know, uh, gosh, contracts person or whatever you want to call it, be on the phone with you as a sales rep when you cannot speak that language. That, that, is, that is a recipe for disaster. And I see it time and time again, people will say, hey, I want to introduce, I want to meet more of your team. The client says, great, I'm going to introduce five or six different people. And then right before the call, the rep goes, hmm, I should probably look at these titles. Oh, let's see. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got <laughs> right. legal on here. Oh my gosh, we've got legal on here. We've got contracts. We've got, oh my gosh, we've got solution architecture. And they have lost the chance to bring in an appropriate team to match the language that they will be speaking on this call. That is a failure at the sales level if the sales individual is not recognizing titles and responsibilities or roles that the client's doing and trying to match that with the same roles and responsibilities on your side so that you can you can nail that communication and anything relating to, well, I have a question about this specific thing. I'm sorry. Salespeople, it's uncommon for us to know the answer to everything, okay? It just is. Uh, we like to think we do, but we don't. So what's the best way to do it? And it's to bring on that depth, bring on that bench, bring on that dedicated team to maximize the time spent on the call or on the Zoom call or what have you. Yeah, I mean, the, the aspect of recognizing those titles and bringing on matching people is just one portion. The flip side or the inverse is maybe you get, you get engaged with somebody where they're just kind of a hard nut to crack. They don't want to bring anybody on. Well, now you get to make mm. the offer. Hey, I'm going to bring on my head of sales yep. to, to introduce them and talk about X. Can you bring on yours? Or I'm going to bring on my head of IT or my subject matter expert. Can you bring your head yeah. of IT so that they can make sure it's a match and, and they're speaking the same language? And I, I think the good thing with that is you get them to open up because I know I've been in sales situation where you know somebody's doing the research or kicking the tires and mm-hmm. they don't want to open up in any way. And that's a different problem. So you got the inverse option of, hey, I'm going to offer up first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I mean, it's one of those things where humility in this part of it is an important attribute for a salesperson to have. It will always make the other individual feel you know, better or disarm 
the prospect or client when you're like, hey, look, guys, I'm in sales, okay? I'm a sales guy. I'm going to be responsible for the relationship. You know, I'm going to get you everything you possibly need, but I don't have the answers. Let me bring on somebody that does. And when you do that, that's just a really good hack to kind of disarm the individual on the other end of the call, just so, you know, you can add some levity to the situation. And, you know, I, I've got sales reps that I think do such a tremendous job here. And they go, you know, listen, guys, I'm, and they obviously are joking when they say this, but you know, listen, I'm just the dumb sales guy. Okay. We got to bring on the brains. You know, I'm just a sales guy. I don't even know what you're talking about right now, but I'm going to bring on the brains. That is a good, lighthearted conversation. And the best part about this, the client already knows. The client already knows that you're not going to have the answers. And so if you're the sales guy or the account manager, and you're really trying to get down deep into some of the subject matter expertise, they are going to see right through you. I promise. So have some humility, add some levity to the situation, bring on the team, let them feel the group hug. That's only going to benefit you. Yeah. I felt like I had that happen so many times in a past life. I was an enterprise sales engineer and that's, that's what the sales guy did. He would just tell them straight up, Hey, I'm the sales guy. My job is to make sure you have the right people in front of you. And uh, so let me bring Josh in to, to answer all those questions. Get on, answer all the questions. Boom, there it was. You know, and then they'd bring in their, their technical people, got to answer more questions from there. And that's how they played it. And uh, you know, they were exactly. giving them the group hug. They were showing them that it is uh, more than just a one-man show. I love it. I mean, I, I don't know how else we can nail the subject down here. But one thing I will say, and I'm sure you got a story here, I really think this makes everybody's job easier. So if you're a sales leader, I look at myself and I, and I look at some of these sales reps and I say, you are trying to take on so much right now. And when I ask you for your update and your pipeline, you're, you're talking about things that you're involved in with escalations and tickets and incident management and all sorts of different types of things and delivery. But that's not your job. That is not your job. So this will make your job easier. This can make your job easier as a salesperson if you bring in the appropriate resources ahead of time. I mean, make no bones about it. I know that we want to impress everybody. I know that as sales folks, we want to be in charge and we want to micromanage the opportunity and do all that. When you start letting go of some of that and you give your team some responsibility to communicate, your responsibility to feed information, provide case studies, like you mentioned, marketing, inviting them to a webinar, man, it's going to make your job a lot, lot easier. So remember what we do, salespeople. Remember our job, okay? Our job is to find the opportunity, create some synergies, eventually close the opportunity. That's our job. Never miss an opportunity to bring someone in to make your job easier. All right, well, let's hear the final question for the audience. All right, so the final question. What are you doing to make your prospects feel the group hug. This has been Taylor Barnes and Josh Sweeney. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.